Ladies, this is our time, and it's time to unburden ourselves of unrealistic expectations, including our own. The veneer we see in the media is often not just false, it's unhealthy. And frankly, some of it is just total bullshit. This is Chick Shit, a podcast that goes far beyond tropes, bringing you gritty realness about real-life experiences of today's woman. LJ and I break it down, right here, right now. Welcome to Chick Shit. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of your favorite weekly podcast, uh, Chick Shit with LJ and Die, where every week we chit chat about something that women and you know what, frankly, probably a lot of people deal with. Um, and we compare it to a media source, usually a movie or a TV show and how they portrayed it. And then we talk about what the media got really, 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 really right. And what the media got not so really, 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 really right. As usual, I am picking the drink and she is picking the topic. What are we talking about? So today we're talking about roots and wings. So the concept comes from the movie that we're actually going to be using as our media source today, Sweet Home Alabama. And what it means is it talks about where you have grown up and then where you've spread your wings to go off to next. And I know that LJ and I have both experienced that. Um, So we're excited to get into that topic and give you a little bit of a deep dive into our past and what it was like growing up in the towns that we grew up in too. So what are we drinking to go along with this topic today? So in celebration of the many car rides uh, between Philadelphia, Pennsylvania and my city in Tennessee uh, that were made in my little Nissan Sentra, whose air conditioner was quite often broken, (laughs) uh, the only thing that got me safely home was the Bucks. (laughs) <laughs> so nice. we today are drinking a venti blonde vanilla latte skinny with five shots of espresso, sugar-free vanilla syrup, and 2% milk, no whip. That sounds like um, a lot of espresso. I have about four shots a morning. The problem is I can handle five, but it's my third, like my third Starbucks stop of the day. I really start to get a little jittery, but you know, I don't feel like I can talk about roots and wings without... You know, the uh, the coffee chain that made it all happen. LJ, I see you're not wearing your normal red glasses, red lips, va-va-voom. What's going on? Yeah, so um, you guys know I have a sweet baby angel named Reggie White. Um, yes, he is named after the Minister of Defense. He is 15 years old. He's very old. He had to go to the vet Thursday for something wrong with his eye. And then yesterday... From the minute he woke up, he was just really, 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 really sick. Couldn't have food, didn't want food, couldn't have water. So I spent all day at the emergency vet and I have not showered and I'm in the same clothes that I was in yesterday. And he is snoozing with his grandma right now. So I just popped down here so we could record an episode really quick. So know that on the outside, I'm not as va-va-voom as I normally am. But on the inside, I'm a little extra va-va-voom from, you know, all the espresso. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. This is one of those fake it till you make it situations. Sometimes you just got to do that. You know, I, uh, I've got some 
fun employment coming up where I get a little bit of a break in between my jobs. It just kind of worked out that way. I'm taking a new job as we, as we talked about on a previous episode that I'm very excited about, but I have been like, (laughs) the past few weeks at my current job, I had been like faking it and like, just kind of putting it out there to get that new job. And it's really tough. So I'm very excited to kind of have a break in between. I rented a forerunner. Are you so excited? You guys (laughs) dies life dream is to have a white forerunner. It is. It is. I want a white forerunner so bad. I have, I've had an FJ cruiser in the past, which R.I.P.F.J. Oh, oh uh, I got to drive in it. The beast. It was one memories in it. It was good. I mean, that was our our go away car from when Matt and I got married. I like, know. Someone someone hit a car in my car. So anywho, it was not me. Just to clarify, yeah. that is not the memory <laughs> I have in the F.J. <laughs> yeah. No. 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 You weren't present. But uh, I'm I'm kind of like planning out my little staycation. So the first thing at, or my unemployment, fun employment, uh, for that little week that I've got, I'm kind of, I'm rented the forerunner. I'm going to donate a lot of stuff. I'm purging stuff from the house. Just like if I, if we haven't touched it in a year, get rid of it, have it go. And so I'm going to be using the forerunner to like donate the stuff. I did find a, an organization here in Denver that the prom dresses. Well, I was, I'm looking into that next Okay. So, um, for the bridesmaids dresses, but the first one is Matt and I have a few instruments that we don't play anymore. We've got a couple that we're definitely going to keep, but for the mm-hmm. ones that we don't play anymore, there's this organization, uh, in Denver where you can donate instruments so that kids can have them. So <gasps> shut up. Yeah. Look at you raising the next generation of musicians. Woo-woo. So yeah, I've got like one of my old bases that I haven't touched in a long time. And then Matt has an old base too. So we'll get rid of those. They're, they're great instruments. It's just, we, we've got others that we, we can use. So, yeah. So don't feel bad. Here's what, so guys, I'm in between therapists. So when I say, here's what my therapist taught me, who I've actually spoken to, is a friend of mine who's just a regular old RN, but I make her be my therapist in between, is when you're putting a lot of time and energy into something new. So for me, I don't usually spend a full 24 hours in an emergency vet. Mm. For you, you're working on getting a new job. You're bringing it up there. You'll find that your energy drops in all the other parts of your life. Mm -hmm. So for me, I haven't exercised. I haven't showered. I haven't changed clothes. For you, you probably have showered and changed clothes. You do have your va-va-voom on, but you've put so much energy into this new job and getting it. Then now it's kind of like, oh, okay. Let me have a lull really quick. Yes. I'm so excited about the lull. I'm even going to go to one last thing about my fun employment. One last thing I'm going to do. I've been wanting to go to the natural history museum here forever. (gasps) Here's the thing about museums and me. Okay. Just like shopping. Do they make you gassy? (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm kidding. (laughs) That was the most random thing I could think of. 
I'm like, I've never, no, shopping doesn't apparently make You're going to go to the Natural History Museum and get gassy this time just because I've said it. You're going to be yes, thinking about it. Yes, you're, you're projecting it onto me. I, I was just going to say that I like to do this as solo activities because I like to take my time and I don't want to feel rushed. And so I really like doing museums by myself as well as shopping. Aww. I am a go to the movies by myself person. Yeah, that's good too. Because I'm a, I don't want to shock anyone. I'm a very emotional person. And so like if I've gone with a friend or someone else that like I know, I feel like I can't react how I would normally react. Mm -hmm. But if I'm by myself, I can laugh until I'm snorting. I can cry. I can do what I need to. And I'm just there with a bunch of strangers. I'm not worried about the person sitting next to me. I have had to apologize to strangers sitting next to me before. If you're just like blubbering and your body's shaking or something. Well, no, it was at a midnight showing of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. Because when Dumbledore said dark forces are trying to penetrate the castle, I started cackling (laughs) as he said penetrate. (laughs) And it was a sold out show and everyone was like, are you an adult? What's wrong with you? (laughs) It's because the kids didn't get the humor. It's fine. Well, not my problem. Not my problem. All of the kids probably got in the car and were like, mom, what does penetrate mean? (laughs) Why was that lady laughing? (laughs) Uh, Shall we get into the movie? Sweet Home Alabama. Sweet Home Alabama. So a little disclosure before we kick off the movie. Um, I hadn't seen this movie probably in like honestly seven eight years and it me too the movie came out in 2002 and there are a list of items that don't hold up in the movie so there's you know can i mm -hmm. can i point out also though that my concern is those items that don't hold up a lot of them are probably still very normal in alabama yeah yeah Yes. That and that's a, not me yeah. like making fun or poking fun. That's no, me no, saying no. There are certain pockets of the country that still like Confederate flags and like the mm-hmm. Civil War is still ongoing for them, et cetera, et cetera. Sorry, I cut you off. Continue. That and homophobia. Oh, um, for sure. And also just the movie in Hollywood, let's take it out of like Alabama for a second, but just the production, all of the non-white roles in this movie are not at the forefront. Like they don't have main character development lines. They're they're just background characters and background actors that are actually in like the service community, which is highly problematic. So there's, there's a lot going on in this movie that does not hold up. We are going to focus on the storyline of the Roots and Wings growing up in a small town and transitioning to a city and what that's like and how LJ and Mai's journey has also been similar or not similar like we do. So with that, should I get into the media summary? Hit me with it. All right. New York fashion designer Melanie suddenly finds herself engaged to the city's most eligible bachelor. But Melanie's past holds many secrets, including Jake, the redneck husband she married in high school, who refuses to divorce her. Bound and determined to end their relationship once and for all, Melanie sneaks back home to Alabama to confront her past, only to discover that you can take the girl out of the South, but you can't take the South out of the girl. 
Can I make a blanket apology? Because while you're reading the media summary, all of my favorite quotes of those like <laughs> moments are running through my head. So you guys, if Di has to cut me off of quoting, she's not being mean. She's doing it for you. <laughs> Maybe I'll do a separate bonus episode where I just recite the entire movie from like, memory. A monologue of yeah. LJ doing Okay. <laughs> possibly. Possibly. Also, the most eligible bachelor is Patrick Dempsey. Correct. AKA Dr. Derek Shepard. Dr. Dreamy, right? McDreamy, yes. McDreamy, yes. All right, so the opening scene of this movie shows Melanie and Jake playing on a beach as kids. And I have so many thoughts about this. And it's <laughs> Dakota Fanning. It's, it's little Dakota Fanning. I know, a little child star. Now she's expanded into adulthood yeah. acting, but little child star Dakota Fanning on the beach with the little, the little kid that plays Jake. And they're running around and there's thunderstorms out where they are and they're on a beach and so many thoughts come to my head. Where are their parents? Why are they (laughs) running around (laughs) playing in a lightning storm that seems pretty bad, bad Mm -hmm. enough that the lightning actually strikes them, Uh, (laughs) which they both survived. I assume the rest of the movie exists. Yeah, correct. And then they also have what I'm assuming is their first kiss, which is still weird for me with little bitty kids kissing. I know we talked about that in first love and I'm just like, well, so I think they were supposed to be 10. That's still pretty darn young. young. Yeah. But guys, first quote of the episode coming in hot. And this kind of gives you your first glimpse into where Melanie's head is, is little baby Jake says, will you marry me? And she says, no, I got too much to live for. Mm -hmm. What you want to marry me for anyhow? And he went, so I could kiss you anytime I want. Mm -hmm. But that's kind of your first look of Melanie saying, I'm not ready to be tied down. Like I got some plans. Right. And yeah, I mean, she needed to get out. And so she, she goes to New York city and we see her in this environment where she's thriving. She has a career that's doing very well as a fashion designer, getting good reviews for her clothes that are coming up. She's dating and soon to be engaged to, um, a a congressman. What is he? He's the secretary of housing, but his mother wants to run. No, his mother wants him to run for president. president. His mother's the mayor of New York. Yes, 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 yes. You need more information? I can provide it. (laughs) (laughs) So we see her thriving in New York. She gets an insane proposal. I have so many thoughts about that too, where basically she gets to just pick a ring out of Tiffany's. Yeah, Um, make yourself a note to ask Jack what I told him that is the only acceptable pro, but the only acceptable proposal for me because it is that scene. Oh, see, that would make me so uncomfortable. No, I would just be like, who's got the most expensive one? That's the winner. No, see, that's where I'm at. No, because like, what's your budget? Don't tell me to pick anyone. Like, If I don't... you take me into Tiffany's and say, pick whatever you want, uh... you better have looked at the most expensive one and made sure that it's within budget. Or had them give me like a presentation of the ones that are within your budget and say, pick from these. That's fair. That's fair. If you I give me free reign... I will take advantage of it. I will spend uh, all your money. <laughs> so why why did you to go to Philadelphia? Did you always want to go to a big city or was it like in and spread your wings? What, so, what made you make that transition? 
my whole, so my, my parents, one was born in Wisconsin, one was born in Michigan. They both wound up working in Michigan. They both moved here to the city in Tennessee and they've been here ever since. And then all of my brothers are here and have started their families here. Everybody's just kind of here. So to just stay here felt like I I wasn't experiencing anything new. I've seen what just staying here looks like. Mm -hmm. And so I met someone that was working and living here for a year and then would go back to his hometown of Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. And I got myself a job in Philadelphia and moved to Philly because I figured like, I'm not going to be the one that just stays here. Like I'm going to go do amazing things. And I met some of my best friends who will be my best friends until the end, whether they like it or not there, but also those taxes are really high. Um, Mm -hmm. Entry level jobs do not pay well. Like in your head, it's going to work out like it does on Romy and Michelle, where you're going to have like a (laughs) fallen apartment on one budget or one uh, salary from being an assistant at a Jaguar dealership. Let me be the one to tell you that I was working 50 and 60 hour weeks and just racking up debt. Uh, So if you do decide to spread your wings and fly, either be prepared that you're not going to be able to do some of the fun stuff, the going out to eat, the going out to get drinks, doing all of that, or save, 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 or get yourself in a position where you have the resume, where you can get into a salary range off top coming in. That's a Mm -hmm. livable wage. If you think I'm just going to move there with like a hope and a dream in my pocket and get a job and work my way up, maybe lower those expectations. I'm with you. I'm so risk adverse that, oh, my Texan came out and we'll talk about that in a little bit. I'm, I'm so, so risk adverse. <laughs> I'm so risk adverse that going somewhere without a, like not researching cost of living, not researching salaries that would meet that cost of living standard for the life that I want. Like all of that gives me a lot of anxiety. I did um, none of that. Yeah, that I just said I'm going. I feel like I can go right now. And if I don't mm-hmm. go right now, I'll never go. And even my closest friends here were like, we're still shocked that you moved there. Yeah. I mean, my first big city that I moved to was to San Antonio when I graduated high school. I had kind of like you had seen what it was like to stay there, what that life looked mm-hmm. like. All of my family is there. A lot of my family is still there today. And I could see what generations of that look like. And we'll get into in a little while, the good things about growing up in a small town and, mm-hmm. and the bad things and just things to keep in mind. But I thought that I would miss out if I didn't have the ability to go and at least Same. see for myself, what, what was out there. And so, you know, my family growing up, um, we've talked about this weren't financially prepared to take on me going to an out of town college. Mm -hmm. It was very much growing up like, Hey, you're going to go to the community college. And that's what we can support. Um, not that we don't want you to think big. It's just Mm -hmm. that we want, we don't want you to also have like a lot of debt and, you know, just thinking about that. So I, I've got that. (laughs) So I, uh, I, I worked my little booty off to get some scholarships. And fortunately I was able to get scholarships to where I could go out of, 
out of town, not out of state. Like I didn't get scholarships for that. But uh, <laughs> San, San Antonio was where I went to school when I turned 18 for my undergrad. And that's really where I started to see how different life could be. And I also think that that was a good city that was kind of an in-betweeny. A lot of mm-hmm. Texas people say that San Antonio is a, as a big, a big, small town basically. And so it was kind of like a baby step to understanding that difference as well. That is essentially what people refer to my city as now. Mm -hmm. And I have a lot of, would I have handled things differently if I had gone away to college? Because when I graduated high school, to be frank, I was drinking way too much. Yeah. And my whole life revolved around like, go to work at the restaurant and then whose house are we going to drink at? And then mm-hmm. get up and do it again to the point where like I was in community college, but I dropped out Yep, because I wasn't going, there was no point. So when I, then when I went back, I, I decided this is my thing. This is what I'm going to do. And then I transferred to the actual state school. And then I changed my mind and said, no, this is the thing that I want to do. And then I dropped out again. And I'm wondering, would it have been different if when I graduated high school, I was like, this is what I want to do. This is where I want to go. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to go to college outside of my current city so that I can get this experience without having to like, like a midway experience. Well, I think that's a little bit unfair to LJ at that time. That's a lot of pressure to put on LJ at that time because for any high schooler that's graduating, it's a lot to ask them, what do you want to do in life at 18 years old? That's such bullshit. I and- went to a private school though, where that was, everyone was like, I'm going to go to this college. I'm going to be a nurse practitioner. I'm going to this college. I'm going to be a physician's assistant. I'm going to this college. I am going to be A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And now I see everyone is in a lot of people are in the role that they were like, this is what Mm -hmm. I want to do. But then I have to stop and think, are they happy in that role? Or is Mm -hmm. that just, they made that decision so quickly that like they're too far down the road and that's it. Well, and sometimes you just like check the box to keep doing what's expected of you. I talk about this a lot with one of my close friends here in Denver. We were, we both read Michelle Obama's book and she talked about how each step of her journey was just like, okay, I did this. Now this is next. Okay. I did this. Now Mm -hmm. this is next until she did get to the point where she was like, how did I get here? And why am I in this? And why am I doing this? Because it doesn't like, I just kind of kept doing things that were expected of me. Right. But one thing that's not (laughs) that no one really expects of Melanie because she hasn't let the cat out of the bag is that she has to go get a divorce from someone she's still married to. So she travels back down to Alabama and we find, we meet Jake, who is her, I guess, current husband, even though they haven't been together. And when she, when she meets Jake and demands him to sign divorce papers. So she shows up back in Alabama, rents her car, goes directly to Jake's house. Dog starts barking. Jake comes out and is like, what can I help you with? And she's like, for starters, you can get your stubborn ass down here and sign these divorce papers. <laughs> and he was like, I'm sorry, you waltz up in here without so much, so much as a, Hey honey, how's the family looking good? And she went looking good. What? They run out of soap down at the Piggly Wiggly since I left. 
And then they just go back and forth and back and forth. And he calls her out for not talking to her parents, like not even going to visit them and kind of saying, you're trying to pretend this whole part of your life didn't happen and run away real quick before you have to deal with it. And I'm not going to allow that. Yeah. He even calls her and I quote, here's a quote for you. Hoity toity Yankee bitch. So a few things about this. How often were you able to make it back home? That's a pretty big distance from Philadelphia to your, your, your state that your family's in. Yeah. So, and that's one of the things that I struggle with is I wanted to, part of the reason I wanted to get out of this is I wanted to travel and I wanted to see new places and do new things. Mm -hmm. But the company that I was working for, our PTO package was eight days. (gasps) Yes. That's the appropriate reaction. Eight days. How? I was so confused when I started with my current company and they went, okay, you're going to start out with 17 and three floating holidays. I was like, uh, what? So I, what I was finding is all of my PTO was to come home for, like, I literally wouldn't take days off all year. I would get so burnt out and miserable so that I could come home for a full week over the holidays. Or like when I was still doing Ironman triathlon, I would purposely just do Ironman Chattanooga every year so that I could have four days with my family while I was doing that and like kill two birds with one stone for, for the four years that I lived there. Like my one trip that was not back and forth to see family was when you and Matt flew me out to San Antonio while you were still there after the end of my last relationship. So that is literally the whole time I lived in Philly, I saw you and Matt once and my family once or twice a year for a couple of days of pop. That's so tough. Did you have a lot of guilt for not making it home? I had a ton of guilt. And then I had even more guilt that I, I harbored this, like, I'm going to use the word grudge because I don't know what else to use that I was using all of my PTO and all of my money to just come home. Oh yeah. In the end, that was you know, not the whole reason, but part of the reason why I made the decision to just come home. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. I, I could see holding a grudge if that's what I could see that, but we're different with grudges. You hold them. I don't usually, but I can, I can. Well, and I didn't hold like a grudge. Like I'm never speaking to my family again. Yeah, no. It was just like, like this you have horrible resentment. weight yeah. of like, and if I told them, Hey, I'm not going to come home this year for Christmas because I have this opportunity to go do this. No one would have said a word because what people please us. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Uh-huh. I wonder if there's an episode coming out about that. <laughs> so I, uh, I had some guilt too. I still have guilt about not seeing my family enough and I live way further away from them yeah. than I ever have. I absolutely have guilt. Um, I've got guilt too, with, uh, not calling them enough. I do try to text my mom each day, even if she's so good about texting me, Hey, I love you text in the morning. She's so, wonderful. she is our number one fan. She's so, she's such a stinking sweet person. And I like have guilt with not talking mm-hmm. to my family enough. I've got guilt for not visiting enough. And sometimes it's hard it's hard. We've got our, we've got stuff going on and 
uh, I don't want to be a crappy daughter or crappy family member, but I have a lot, I still struggle with that because I don't, I didn't move back home. My, my sister is there. She moved away with me for a little bit too. She she's, uh, she's back home. So it's tough. And then when you go back home, there are a few things that I, I, there are a few things I do first of which look around what the hell's changed and usually nothing in my small town that I grew (laughs) up with. Are there still three stoplights? Check. Uh, check, check, check. (laughs) There are more donut shops than there are stoplights in my hometown. Well, priorities. Yeah, clearly. You don't want to be slowed down on your way to get donuts. Correct. Yeah. So I I do do like a little check around to see what's changed. I also try to figure out how to lay out the weekend. Am I doing a sneaky trip? Like, like how uh, Melanie does a sneaky trip back home. Am I doing a sneaky trip where it's like family's my priority? That's, that is who I'm spending the entire time with. Mm -hmm. I'm not really telling any like high school friends that I love y'all, but I'm not telling anybody (laughs) that that I'm coming home because I really do like, you know, Christmas time, spending time with family or something like that. And then the last thing is. I try to make my grocery store trips the shortest fucking thing possible. Like you can get stuck in a little grocery store because you know, everyone and everyone's you know- like, Oh my gosh, uh-huh. how are you? How are you doing? And like, I am so nicey nice that I want to spend like five minutes with everybody. And then soon enough, I'm in the grocery store for like two hours and my mom they've like, locked it down and you're stuck in there yeah and my mom's <laughs> like uh where'd you go h-e-b or yeah i was at the grocery stores so <laughs> yeah i understand that 100 percent because that's a that's a real problem that is part of the reason covid was awful it was a global pandemic don't ever want to have to deal with that again but i did enjoy having most of my face covered anytime i actually went out oh. in public because I could just pretend that, nope, that's not me. Sorry. And you can't prove it because this is all you can see. Bye. I don't think that's a, that's not a thing there too, because even with a mask on, like there's only 5,000 people in that town. (laughs) There's no escaping. (laughs) We at least have, uh, I want to say we're in like the hundred thousands for sure. Oh my gosh. That's big. I say that and hold on, we're going to Google it. Let's see what the latest census data says, because still everyone knows everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. As of 2019, 179,000 people. That's a lot. That's not as, that's not a small town to me. So given- no, uh, we're a city. Yeah. We're not a small town, Yeah, but it is the smallest big city you will ever come to. Gotcha. That's fair. Like you still, like I was in Costco Friday afternoon and I ran into somebody that I hadn't seen in forever. And I was like, oh my God, hi, Brittany. And I'm not a like, let's sit down and chat. I'm like, hey, how are you doing? Family's good, good. So good to see you. Okay, bye. Have a wonderful day. Mm-hmm. And her husband, who I used to work with, went, ugh. And I was like, have I done something to offend you? Because immediately my brain is like, what have I done to upset you? And they're like, no. We have been in here for an hour and a half. We have seen everyone we know. And I was like, okay, well, it's good to see you. Bye. Oh, that's real awkward though. Oh, I know. Like, I'm so sorry I ruined your Costco experience. Oy. All right. 
So Melanie ends up going to her parents' place. I don't think she actually planned on visiting them while she was in town, but she ended up having For sure to she did not. <laughs> because she ended up in jail for making the sheriff mad for a, a reason we don't have to get super into, but mm-hmm. she didn't actually get charged with anything. It's just kind of the town's joke that Melanie ends up in jail. Um, and so her dad has to come get her. Her dad takes her to her mom and dad's house. And we see that she's been lying about her past this mm-hmm. whole time to her fiance, Andrew, even to the point where she's changed her last name. She's changed the town that she's grown up in. And we definitely see later on where she got the inspiration for the story that she's falsified um, for mm-hmm. her upbringing because she's embarrassed about her upbringing. Now, when she gets to the house, we see the dynamic with her mom and we start to get a little bit more insight. Mm-hmm. There are things that are mentioned to her mom, like, you know, y'all were supposed to come visit me in New York. I bought you plane tickets. And her mom says, well, the door swings both ways. I told you time and time again, it just didn't suit. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, it's tough. It's really tough. And you see, I mean, I hate also that when she comes to see her mom, and this is so common in a Southern community, and we need to stop talking about people's bodies. Let me just scream that. The skin and bones comment. I was just like, so bad because this is, I, I know like this shit came up a lot growing up and, and mm-hmm. I hate that so much. And just a like, this isn't going to be a quote. Don't worry. Just like a blanket statement for everybody. Understand that if you haven't seen somebody in years, five years, 10 years, even months, their body may have changed a lot. It could be because they wanted it to. It could be because of medication. It could be because of mental things. There's a million reasons that it could have been. So no matter how well-intentioned you are, when you say like, oh my God, you look great. Have you lost weight? Or like, oh, oh look at that you don't know that person may be going through something where all they want to do is gain weight. They've been trying to gain weight. Like there's something wrong. Yeah. They could be sick. You could be going through something where somebody's dealing with a a mental illness related to eating disorder, stuff like that. And the medication that they're put on causes weight gain. Y'all I went on Lexapro and packed on 40 pounds. And anytime somebody said something to me, it was like, I'm trying to like, I'm trying to be happy. I'm trying to find a way to be happy. And also it doesn't fucking matter. Boom. But the point is when you have that thought, bury it down deep in your head and don't bring it up. Don't. Don't. But anyways, back to felony Melanie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I never felt the need to lie about my upbringing. I was proud of my upbringing and like how hard my parents worked and what they did to support me. I mean- Full disclosure, my selfless sweetheart mama worked her ass off so I could do cheerleading and band. And she worked two jobs at one point, one Mm -hmm. at the local appraisal district and then one at night at Walmart so that I could do the things that I want to do. And I have a lot of guilt that I carry about that now, but I know that she wouldn't have it any other way. She wanted what was best for me. And I know like I've been able to talk to her about that. And she says that, but I was never embarrassed. Like I never, they worked hard. Why, why should I be? 
Well, and I wonder if part of it is she had like the stereotypical, I mean, the two words that I'm about to say know that I don't think they're appropriate at all, but I do think this is the stereotype that gets put on people, especially people from the South. She had a stereotypical kind of trailer trash upbringing. They lived in a double wide, they, they drove a beat down truck, they called the state mosquito, the state bird of Louisiana. So to her, she was everything that people made fun of, mm-hmm. but- if you step back and look at it, you had a roof over your head. You had two parents that loved you. You got to do some pretty cool things, it seemed like. So there's another lesson that your judgments of other people impact them, their lives, their family lives, their everything. So just bear those down deep too. Well, and I think that her mom put those thoughts in her head from a young age oh, too. Oh, for sure. She her had mom projected her unhappiness and her not moving away on the Melanie where she made Melanie be in all these pageants uh, to try to get her out. I mean, that's kind of what you do. It's like a societal mm. thing. And like, ooh. I mean, I was in a pageant. <laughs> I was not miss jackson county oh girl <laughs> do we still have the tiara i did not win are you kidding me I oh. didn't place. no 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 uh-uh try to bring economics into my answer on uh <laughs> uh no nope what was your talent what was your talent there there wasn't a talent there oh i thought you're gonna be like i i played did hula hoop with a flaming hula hoop while no. i was juggling flaming no. balls in the air i did walk out with like this blow up beach ball like because you had to have like a casual outfit so one of my good friends that- i need to see pictures of I don't know that I have pictures, but like one of my good friends, we did like going to the beach and like, I was like not getting in a fucking swimsuit. So I had like this cute little summer skirt and he like carried a beach ball and we put like sunscreen on his nose across the stage. I'm so happy. Jack, find pictures. Google this, please. (laughs) Miss Jackson County. (laughs) Oh. Yeah, definitely she has her mom's shit that's projected on For sure. Now, Melanie does make a trip into town, and I want to talk about the town experience that happened. This is one of my favorite scenes in the movie. The whole movie is my favorite scene, but (laughs) well, except the parts that we disclaim. Well, yeah. (laughs) There's just some like really good comedic writing in it, too. That's Um, just quick. It's quick. Yeah. So when Melanie goes into town to go to the bank to get cash out because they don't believe in ATMs. Um, On account of you lose contact with the customer. Correct. She, she, she sees Bobby Ray, who Kat calls her jokingly out of his car to come over. It's a good friend that she grew up with and she kind of reconnects with them. And then she goes into the bank and meets Dorothea. And this is where Again, weight is commented on in this movie as if you, it's oh my gosh, Dorothea, you lost a hundred pounds. I know. Oh, I hate it. Oh, it made me cringe every time. Couldn't stand it. But with her going back into town, I know that later on Jake comments about her accent coming back. And I was wondering, like, do you, my accent absolutely comes back when I go back home. Um, so I'm not going to lie. I would thicken mine up a lot 
in Philadelphia when it serves me. (laughs) I did use it as a sort of weapon because this is my normal talking accent. It's not a thick Southern one, but when I needed a gentleman to help me with something, I could thicken it up. Oh my God. Bat my little lashes. Thank you. Oh God. (laughs) I do find when I'm around a couple of my friends who have a thick country accent, it mine gets thicker. Oh yeah. I like adjust to who I'm with. Uh huh. I do that with more than just like my back home accent though. When I went to London, <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry, up- did you pop down to the pub for a pint? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I tried to in- make Londoners believe that I was from London. They did not. I, <laughs> I tried to, uh, when I got into my professional career, like kill my accent because I didn't want people to have any think of me differently for having an accent. I adjusted it so much to where I went from saying y'all to saying you guys, which was very unlike, like not normal for me. Oh, I'm still a yaller. I'm back to y'all because I've also learned through our diversity, equality, and inclusion training at work that you guys is not inclusive. It's bingo. And so that's why every time out of every time out of habit that I say you guys while we're recording just because that's so like you don't think about it that's just something that you've said I stop and go and girls and everyone else (laughs) (laughs) exactly because I don't want to upset anybody but but there are there are there is a prejudice in our country where you've got if you hear that's like drawl Mm -hmm. and, and you immediately think that someone is like of a, of a lesser intelligence was which is not I've had guys say oh my gosh you have all your teeth <gasps> and I'm like not only do I have all my teeth but they're perfectly straight and one of my best features never speak to me again mm-hmm. yeah 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 and that that's that's such a shame too because we we do associate particular accents with greater intelligence like we we talk about British accents and how like those are I assume everyone is a Cambridge professor (laughs) correct (laughs) that not accurate (laughs) uh so there are there are some advantages to being in a small town like that like you never have to worry about freaking parking like you do in a big city and now the only thing too is like you can't just pop into a 24 hour like your takeout options are basically the pizza hut Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's it. And you can't uh, expect things to be open 24 seven. Like we had a Walmart that was, and then the Walmart closed down at some point. And now nothing in my hometown is open 24 seven. And so how, like, if you needed, like, if you got the flu and you needed 30 NyQuil cold and flu in the middle of the night, how far do you have to drive to go get that? Well, something like that could probably be at the 7-Eleven. We do have a 7-Eleven and that is open 24-7. So like a little, little. So you can get your hot dogs and your gas station nachos and your taquitos (laughs) 24-7. So you can get the important stuff. (laughs) Correct. Correct. But um, yeah, I mean, there's just not, there's not a lot and it's pretty limited. So education's different too. It's not like you've got a lot of schools to choose from in a, in a city. You have public school, 
or you have to pay and travel for your kids to go to other districts or uh, different cities Private to get different or something like that. Yeah, education. Yeah, it's it's uh it's so yeah. I mean, in in my hometown, there was one school district. That's it. Like you grew up. I mean, that's not. Let me think of how to say it. It wasn't just one school district. It was there was one elementary school. There was one junior high and there was one high school like that. Those are the yeah. options that you had within a probably a 30, 40 minute drive of my home, probably a minimum of five high schools, five elementary schools, oh, Yeah, not to mention private schools of like different calibers. We have like an all boys private school and an all girls private school. That is like 20,000 a semester like absolute insanity. Yeah. More than college. Well, like no way anybody, I mean, not say no way, but that's just like the families, the cost, the the medium income for a family in like my hometown. That's not a thing. Like you, that's so, that's so crazy. Cost of living way cheaper. These schools have boarding. Like people wow. fly in. It's so wild that in a, a city this size, there are schools that like people fly in their kids and send them to school there. That's insane. Mm-hmm. All right. So Melanie decides to go to the local bar one night. A lot of people that she grew up with are at the bar. She also meets Jake's mama, who seems like a sweetheart. And they play a round of pool as Melanie gets drunk off her ass and says some really regrettable things that really showcases how she feels about the town and where her mentality is with the Mm -hmm. town too. One of the most iconic scenes in the movie that we saw plugged in every trailer for this movie is... She runs into her old friend who has an infant on her hip and says, oh my God, Laurelyn, you have a baby in a bar. And Lauren Lynn's response is classic Southern woman. Yeah, I got three more at home, but this one's still on the tits. I can cart it anywhere. <laughs> Just says it's stone faced. So, so, so many things about this bar, one of which we didn't have something this freaking cool in our small town. This seems really awesome. Like a fun joint with a lot of young, attractive people, which is also what I call bullshit. Like I feel like romance Mm -hmm. is very much limited in a small town as well as jobs are. So to see like all of these young people thriving, I'm like, bullshit. (laughs) You also meet and then say goodbye to one of my favorite little bit characters in the movie which is jake's hot date when she sees the ring and goes hot dog jake look at the size of that thing over (laughs) melanie's tiffany's ring oh my gosh i so i did see that's what i'm talking about like i also don't like that they do that in this movie with that character of star because it's just showing like they're trying to portray that women in a small town are of lower intelligence in comparison to melanie and i don't like that at all that's so not true See, I don't know that I read it that way. Mm. I read it as Jake did not want anyone that he could potentially like fall in love with, have meaningful conversations with because his whole heart was still with Felony Melanie. Mm. 
But if I look across other movies that are set in the South, not maybe in current times in the South, but in, you know, around that time period when this was released in 2002, I could see that. Yeah. So, I mean, after that interaction, you kind of see like quick cuts that Melanie is getting more drunk, more drunk, more drunk, more drunk until she kind of like drunkenly falls down on the pool table and tells Bobby Ray, don't blow it. And then somebody tells her she's had enough to drink. And she's like, I have had enough. And somehow outs Bobby Ray, which in case, if anyone is unsure uh, whether that's okay or not, it is not. Whether you know someone's on the, in that, what is it that you said on the last episode that everyone loved? LGBTQ society. You said that. Oh, I did? I thought yes. it was you. <laughs> no, it was you. <laughs> it was Whether you. you know someone as part of the LGBTQ plus society or, or not, um, whether they know that you know, it is their story to tell when they are ready. It is if not they okay. Are ever ready in any, too. Yeah, if they're ever ready. If they want to live their life, it's not your story to tell. No. So don't out anyone. Okay. Um, I'll step down off my soapbox now, but Jake starts dragging her out and says, you know, those were your friends too. And now you're in here acting like you're better than everybody. And she said, I am better than everybody. And Mm -hmm. you're not going anywhere. And you got to realize that you got to do something else with your life now that you can't play football and just like it takes every low blow possible. So if you want to help if you hear a conversation, you go back home, you hear a conversation mm-hmm. and you have gained knowledge of something differently or uh, in your experience in the city or through your education or uh, something, and you want to have a conversation with someone about something, there's a way to do that without it feeling like condescending to them. Without it being just a straight up attack almost yeah yeah exactly and she does not do that well at all no no Mm -mm. she did not uh thread that needle so she ends up having to apologize rightly so to bobby ray he just got dogged on for no reason at all and when she does apologize to to bobby ray he's like it's not like jake's the only one that you left walked out on yeah yeah and I know that there's a struggle too with the friends or the people and the family that you do leave behind to um, go and, and challenge yourself and spread your wings. But sometimes those, it doesn't mean that those people that were in your life previously, that one, you can't stay connected to from mm-hmm. that, from that town, but also too, that they didn't serve a purpose. Like I truly did love growing up in a small town. I mean, the things that I can say now that people are like, what? Y'all rode horses to school for homecoming? Yes, we did. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Um, check, like, check, 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 uh, pasture parties, like the, the number of things that I could say that people laugh at. I also knew every single person that I graduated with since kindergarten. I also didn't have to lock my door growing up. I had to I learn how to do it. that. I'm sorry. I had to learn how to do that when I moved to San Antonio. I was like, oh shit, lock the door, lock the door, lock the door. My family since does that. So (laughs) I am having heart palpitation. I literally have a keychain on my house key that says lock the fucking door. Yeah. (laughs) I did. I had to learn how to do that. I mean, but there, 
like if you needed someone to take care of you, someone was there. And there, there is like the neighborly aspect and the community aspect that exists in that small town Mm -hmm. upbringing as well. Now for me, there just weren't enough jobs and the feel, I mean, there are no tech jobs there. Like technology is not a thing. I didn't know I wanted to go into technology as a career, but, um, I just knew that I wanted to explore different things and there, the job choices are a little bit more limited. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but to say that I didn't like growing up there would be mm-hmm. so wrong or that I thought I was better than that town is awful. I don't like that Melanie yep. said that. So, you know, after her big blow up, outing Bobby Ray, yelling at everybody, saying she was better than everyone, throwing up in Jake's truck because she drank too much, all that fun stuff. She wakes up um, in her bedroom in her parents' trailer and is just kind of like, oh my God, I now have to go. Like, I was awful. I now need to go apologize to everyone. That is not not how you treat people. People, that is your accent. That's not how you treat people. (laughs) My accent's sneaking out. (laughs) And after she handed out that like some of those apologies later that night, she goes to the Catfish Festival and she finds Laura Lynn, apologizes to Laura Lynn. Laura Lynn gives her the bomb that we already told you about that Jake had gone to New York, and then she's sitting at um, an adorable little Southern outdoor bar, uh, which is completely irrelevant, but it's a super cute setup. And Jake walks up with Bobby Ray and says, you know, look who I found out in the parking lot hesitant to join us. Does anyone know any reason why Bobby Ray should be hesitant? And everybody kind of looks around and you're waiting for somebody to be like, yeah, he's gay. And the first person that talks that says, uh, I don't know, Clinton's breath. And then you get to see that moment of like this group of small town people is accepting someone for something that he's been afraid of his entire life. Mm -hmm. and you know the moments happen at the crawfish festival and cut to melanie going to the coonhound cemetery and going to visit their first dog bear who died while she was in new york and she left him and never said goodbye and all of that and i'm not going to give you the speech because i will start weeping like an actual toddler with snot bubbles and all but she's essentially apologizing for leaving him, even though in her worst moments, he was there. And she says when everything went pear-shaped, what does that mean? I probably should have looked that up before. I think that's a Southern thing. I didn't know what it mean meant either. But so she, you know, she's apologizing to the dog. And then who walks up out of nowhere other than Jake Perry? And they start talking and this infamous scene that uh inspired this episode is he tells her you know hey mel you can have roots and wings like you don't have to forego everything you learned growing up here and how you were raised and this part of your life just to move to new york city and become someone else like you can take this part you can take your roots with you when you spread your wings Mm -hmm. and he apologizes to her and says you know for a long time, I thought that baby, which spoiler alert, we skipped past it because the scene wasn't really important in the thing, but we do find out earlier in the movie that they got pregnant their high school year of their high school year, their senior year of high school. 
And he says, you know, I thought that baby was going to be a, a big adventure. And it took me a long time to realize that that would have been your only adventure. Well, and we find out that she has a miscarriage and I'm like, <laughs> they really, this movie with all the things that are in it, they couldn't have written an abortion for this movie because <laughs> um, I want to be in the room when standard and certain practices is there like telling them, okay, you can only say penis once. And if you want to show boobs, you can only see one boob. And also that word, let's, let's not use that word. Cause I have to do a lot of paperwork when you use that <laughs> like word. Like principal Shelly. <laughs> yes, like, exactly you, like that. <laughs> I mean, there's that word again. Mm-hmm. Um, so that you can't have a board. Like, I'm like, God bless. Why couldn't they just say they were teenagers in high school, had a baby, got pregnant and she wanted, they both wanted more in their life at that time. And it wasn't right for them. And so she got an abortion, but that would never be in this movie. No, but for, for how they had to write it, I do appreciate that they, they let her, they had her say like, I felt so much guilt because I felt relieved. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like, not everybody. And I know we're going to deal with this on a later episode, but not everybody wants children or not everybody wants children that early in life. It's okay. It's not your body. It's theirs. It's their life. They get to make that decision. Yep. But know that no matter how long and hard you think about that decision and make it, there's still emotions and feelings that you've got to work through after the fact. Mm-hmm. And that's of it. You don't just make the decision and it's gone and you move on with your life. Right. Some people might, I don't know, but there's but if, still stuff you have to process. Well, and if that, if they, if they would have had a baby there, I don't think she would have got like gone to New York. Now, no. I want to be clear that you don't have to always get your wings by moving away. Correct. Your wings can, can come from just personal growth. So for those mm-hmm. people that do say they've grown up in a small town and they live in a small town their entire lives, they can get their wings in that small town by just recognizing their own personal growth and what, whatever that mm-hmm. may be. They want to have kids. They don't want to have kids. They want to get married. They don't want to get married. Like anything they want a different job, whatever that is, you can get your wings metaphorically. It doesn't have to be that you leave right where it's, it's just about internal growth is what it's about. Bingo. Yeah. Bingo, bingo. Because I mean, look, Jake visited New York city and he was like, mm, not for me. And it doesn't have to be. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, and he, he yeah. grew and bettered himself in the way that worked for him within essentially the community he grew up in. Mm-hmm. He still got his roots. Okay. He still got his roots. And then, oh wait, he still got his wings. I'm saying he kept his roots and still got his wings. Correct. There you, you go. Guys, I need about three days of sleep. <laughs> and then, and then with the movie, Andrew makes a surprise appearance in the town. Realizes that Melanie's been lying about her past, but still overcomes that to see that it was about shame, and it's not that she's a different person like we see in 27 dresses with Tess Mm -hmm. she just she's embarrassed and he's like I love you and I love that you know like I'm here for it but they that that reaction wasn't his initial reaction his initial reaction was I don't know who you are but there's a Learjet in Mobile and I'm on it well he did that's an appropriate reaction to find out someone but I just he did throw those daggers before he like 
And what he ends up telling her is who hasn't been embarrassed by their past at some point or another. Yeah. Yeah. They end up not getting married though, because although Jake has signed the divorce papers, Melanie has not. And so something subconsciously was kicking in and she didn't have the heart to sign the papers. So the wedding does not go through. There's a lot of words tossed more so on her fiance, Andrew's mom, the mayor's side than anything else. And they end up having Melanie go meet Jake back on the beach, full circle from where they were as kids. And he, she runs out onto the beach and he's like, where's your husband? And she's like, same time looking at him. And he went, is that right? And, you know, they go through this whole thing and they replay the, what you want to marry me for anyhow. So I kiss you anytime I want. And then full circle moment, you know, life always comes full circle and you get your beautiful ending always, you know, in in movies, not in real life. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Jake, the first time they got married was too drunk, barely made it through the wedding. And she showed up to the reception alone with puke down the front of her dress. And so this time around, Jake carried her in clean dress and said, you guys, I owe this woman a dance. They say put on a slow one and they turn on Sweet Home Alabama because why not finish it with something super on the nose? Before before we rate this episode, I do want to give a few tips for if you do if you are thinking about moving from a small town to a big city and just helping with that adjustment. One of them uh, LJ mentioned earlier, which is just be financially aware of what you're getting into. Usually cost of living is different. So it's good to have um, some money saved up or a secure job that knows that will let you know that you're not going to start off struggling when you get there. The next thing that you can do too, is you can kind of shrink the city, like get to know your neighborhood, go to some local coffee shops that are there, some local restaurants, go to those repeatedly, the ones that you find that you like, because it'll establish that sense of community when you know the person that, um, the barista each time, or, you know, um, the, the clerk at the grocery store, those little things will help you feel like you're not in this big, scary city, but you've got your only, your own little niche neighborhood, um, to feel comfortable in. And then, and embrace meetups. If you meet someone like, especially as adults, finding friends is tough. And so if you do establish connections, even if you're an introvert, sometimes it's good to just try to step out and embrace any meetup so that you can get to know more people in the city and get more comfortable with more people in the city. And then finally have patience. And if you, after a while you determine, Hey, I tried it and it's not right for me. It's more than okay to move back more than okay it's not for everybody look at me yeah um the one thing that I would like to add especially since like Di you mentioned you guys didn't even have to lock your doors in your hometown growing up while in your mind this big exciting dream of moving to a new place um is going to be wonderful the reality of it is that there are people in the world that will take advantage of you Mm -hmm. so be smart know that in not every city, not every town is going to be like your hometown. Everyone who's like 
hey, let me let me do this for you or let me just give you a ride is not doing it out of a good Samaritan vibe. So, you know, keep your wits about you, listen to your gut, listen to your intuition. When you're making a big, exciting new step in your life, like from, from Sweet LJ, the most important thing for me is that you also stay safe because there are much different tactics in larger metropolitan cities than there are in small towns. And I'm not saying everyone's like that. I'm saying use your gut, use your intuition. And also bring some of that kindness. hundred percent that you have. People in Philadelphia hated me because <laughs> in the South, it's very normal to be like walking down the street. And when you make eye contact with someone, like good morning or like, Hey, good afternoon. And in the South, people are like, good morning. Have a wonderful day. And people or, in Philly are like, I don't know you. Why are you talking to me? Uh-huh. Or holding the door open for someone or giving your seat up for someone that needs it. Mm-hmm. Bring the kindness that goes a long way and we can just spread more kindness in the world too. Then bring your roots bring your of roots. love. Yeah. I think that's a good place to uh, rate the episode. Uh, what do you give it, LJ? I'm going to give it a, a zero for you not letting me do all the quotes I wanted, <laughs> but we'll work through that later. From the standpoint of when I do this rating, I'm taking out all the like ancillary storylines that were in it. I'm rating it just based on kind of Melanie's journey of wanting to get out of her small town, moving to New York City, and then reconciling herself that like, hey, you don't have to completely kill one thing to bring life to another. I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it seven and a half chicks. And again, I'm taking out all the ancillary storylines. We know some of this is problematic and doesn't transfer. I'm only speaking to the Roots and Wings storyline because especially coming from below the Mason-Dixon line, a lot of people feel the weight of the stereotypes and the expectations of get married, have kids, get a job, buy yourself a house, live the American dream. And There's a lot of people that feel so much pressure about that, that they just are like, screw you. I'm out. I'm going to do the exact opposite of everything I was told to do when I was a kid. And it takes leaving that home base to kind of be like, Hey, the grass is not always greener. Like there, there were some wonderful things about my youth. There are some wonderful things about where I am now. And it's, it's not that you can't, it's not that you have to decide one or the other. It's realizing that there is room inside of you for all of that. So to quote Jake Perry, AKA Josh Lucas, you can have roots and wings. You can keep all those parts of yourself and grow into more. So for that reason, seven and a half chicks. I'm going to give it a five out of 10 chicks. (laughs) (laughs) We don't really see what gives her roots. We don't know what the roots are. All we see is two minute clip of her as a little kid running around on the beach with someone we assume she's in love with at 10 years old. And we don't really see what else makes her. We get glimpses into it from uh, dynamics with her mom and talking like seeing the relationships with people she grew up with in town but we don't know much more than that. And that's a big critical piece of our identity is childhood. So I would have liked that explored more. I also don't like that we don't get a good ending. They kind of slop together the ending through the credits with pictures of what actually happens. And it's still not clear. So 
she ends up with Jake, but like, are they staying in in Ala or in Alabama? Are they going to New York City? The pictures in the credits that roll were kind of an afterthought. I don't think that they wanted to finalize that storyline to say, hey, where where their wings actually took both of them. They didn't want to get didn't want to get into the hard part of the compromise that comes in a relationship when you do want different things uh, geographically. And so I think it was kind of a cop out to just put some pictures in this credit where her business is thriving, his business is thriving. They have a little girl, but like, where are they actually living and what's that actually like? So that's what is I'm it weird that I want to fight you right now. No, no, I'm used to that. You know how to use your fists. <laughs> <laughs> Like I wanted to interrupt you 10 times and be like, but, 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 but they showed this. And I had to be like, nope, this is her opinion. She gets this. <laughs> we are allowed to have our own opinions. Correct. <laughs> uh, and that's it. That's Roots and Wings, y'all. <laughs> Well-placed, y'all. As usual, if you have a story about moving away from your hometown, spreading those wings, or even if you've spread your wings and stayed at home and you've just found a really exciting purpose and passion in your life and you want to tell us about it, tell us, chickshippod at gmail.com. I will repeat again. If you don't want it shared, put it in big, bold letters that you don't want it shared because LJ's a skimmer and she tends to get too excited and pull things before she runs them by die, who is not a skimmer and will read the whole thing. So, you know, if you have time, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, uh, new episodes drop every Wednesday, Wednesday, every Wednesday, Apple podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Audible. I feel like Google podcasts. Uh, what am I forgetting? I know I'm forgetting something. So if you have capacity to leave us a review, we are going to be doing a promotion here shortly of personalized Thank you from us to you for creative reviews that are left on Apple podcasts. Those are the written reviews that if you have capacity to write will be very much appreciated. Um, So more to come on that. And I think that's it. Uh, We love you all very, very much. And uh, love and basketball is still a 10. Okay. Bye. Okay. Bye. You've been listening to chick shit. We hope this episode has pushed you just enough to lose a little faith in the media's veneer and gain some useful knowledge to help navigate the day-to-day nonsense that we women contend with. For resources and general mischief, follow on Instagram and Twitter at ChickShitPod or get in touch by email at ChickShitPod at gmail.com. To help others find the show, please like and subscribe. And if you know a woman who might appreciate two new friends and a good dose of laughter, please share this podcast. Until next time, keep it real.